This is the Always More Podcast. Hello! It is November 30th and welcome to the Always More Podcast where we believe there's always more room at the table for honest questions, meaningful conversations, and deeper understanding. Today on the pod, we're talking about our wrecking revs for the week. African kingdoms, frozen ancestors, shower thoughts, crazy weather, and so much more. But first, hi, I'm your host, Harley Bean, and technically not next to me anymore, but in front of me now. And whose fault is that? Hey, (laughs) relax. (laughs) It is simply the way of life, okay? (laughs) But in front of me are my besties for the resties, Chris and Tim. Yo, yo. Hello, everyone. How cool. Technology. I know. The 21st century. Could you imagine, like, having to do this, like, in the 1700s? Like, we would just write correspondences back and forth? (laughs) Oh, dearest Harley, (laughs) we hope this letter finds you well. The weather here has been insane. Mother has died. Our (laughs) podcast is like a a newspaper article that comes out twice a year. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You just print the letters back and forth like they did with the the Silas Duguid letters. What? What are you talking about? The Silas do good letters. You don't remember those no. from National Treasure? It was like Ben Franklin and like three other founding fathers just writing oh, letters back and forth and yes. they just published oh. them in the newspaper as like pseudonyms or whatever. Yeah, okay, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It'd be the always more podcast letters and nobody would know <laughs> what a podcast is. <laughs> always more news. Always more correspondences. I go. think that gave Tim an idea. I saw him go, oh. <laughs> There was an idea. You caught I it. I don't think I can handle the workload, so we'll move past. You're already doing everything else. <laughs> That's valid, yeah. Uh, are we moving on? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move into our first segment of the pod, our Rick and Rev. You were blocking my way. Oh, I would have had it if Sorry. you were blocking it. Harley, can, oh. I, can I say something before we move on, though? That, oh, yeah. Because we have a quick news thing. Uh, next episode is going to be our last episode of season <gasps> two. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, guys, I just have to say, this makes me really happy on the inside, is that that episode is going to be episode 50. It, it's, like, it's like this. It just levels out perfectly. Oh, it's like, oh, I feel so good right now. It's like, like when you're at delicious. the gas pump and you hit, like, 20 bucks, and it's, uh-huh. like, right at the, like, 15 gallons, yeah. like, zero, zero, zero. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's good. It's gonna be really- he said only happy on the inside. He will never show you that physically on the outside. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. At uh, So, next week, episode 50, the ending of season two. And then we're going to take a break for about two, three episodes worth. I don't know. About a month's worth, if not a little bit more. Roughly that. And then yeah. we'll, we'll come back with a banger. My, I ha- my plan is to, like, start drinking eggnog and whiskey, like, December 15th and just not sober up until after New Year's. <laughs> Guys, should we make, wait, 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 I have a better idea. Should we make episode 50 our first drunk or drinking episode? (gasps) Dude, yeah. We would have to do it on a day where I'm not working. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I have um, Hunter's dad made us moonshine, and I'm not talking like, like I'm talking legit moonshine, because obviously he made it. Yeah. So Have you had it yet? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's like apple pie. Moonshine. Ooh, fancy. I'm here yeah. for it. All right. My good. very first drink was moonshine. I think I was maybe five years old, and I oh found some at my granddad's house. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
it it was rough. <laughs> it, it was bad. He said, "Don't be sorry. I I had a blast. It was great." <laughs> all right, now we can move along. I apologize. No, all is well. Okay, next we're getting into our wrecking roof. Yeah, Very cool. All right, Tim, you go ahead. Take it away. All right, guys. I just watched a film called The Woman King. I really I have no idea what that, that is. It's on my server. You should watch it. I will. All right. Now that I know where it's at. All right. So forgive me for any mispronunciations that will definitely come forward here. Um, As he proceeds to mispronounce, mispronunciate. Yes. Mispronunciate. <laughs> mispronunciate. <laughs> A historic epic inspired by true events that took place in the kingdom of Dahomey, one of the most powerful states of Africa in the 18th and 19th centuries. The Woman King tells the extraordinary tale of Agoje an all-female warrior group that guarded the African kingdom of Dahomey in the 1800s with prowess and fierceness that the world had never witnessed before. The Woman King, which is based on actual events, follows General Naniska's, uh, played by Viola Davis, emotionally grueling journey as she prepares the next generation of recruits for combat against the adversary out to destroy their way of life. Mm. Uh, this was a very awesome, cool film. I have purposely been trying to watch films that are not about European or American history more. Uh, Makes when sense. It, when it comes to history, just because... There's a lot more out there, and yeah, the more we watch it, the more likely we are to get more stories like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this has Viola Davis. Uh, again, forgive my, um, my, my... I can't pronounce anything. So Thuso... Mm, these are act- actors and actresses. Thuso... M- Mabedu, Bedu, Bedu, uh, Lashana Lynch, and John Boyega. Um, it's a really good film. It's really entertaining. Uh, as I think the description mentioned, it is based on a true story, though there is a lot of uh, fictional liberties taken for the sake of you know just progressing the story. Right. Uh, but it was very entertaining. It was very informative, and it was very empowering. I really enjoyed it. Very good. It I need to really watch good. it. What's it, it on? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I I have it. We will find it and send you the link later. Yes. Very good. Chris, it's you. All right. So, weirdly enough, mine is a movie that was recently released with a lot of controversy. Um, <laughs> for all the <laughs> for all the reasons that have nothing to do with the movie itself. Yeah. It, it was all like the behind-the-scenes controversy. Uh, but this movie is Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> Starring Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, a bunch of other actors, Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, all of that stuff. Um, great Great concept for a movie, I think. The movie itself was pretty good. I appreciated it. Um, knowing that Harry Styles and I have the same birthday was weird, just watching the whole movie. But Why is that yeah. weird? It is what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just That man shares my birthday. It, it feels weird, right? Like, Have you ever had a birthday with somebody and you're just like, you know, you don't deserve that day? No, my, um, mine is shared with Beyonce, so I'm, I'm solid. Um, Hunter shares well, a birthday well, with... you don't deserve um, that day. <laughs> Beyonce um, is the Hunter queen of the Hunter shares a birthday with Donald Trump. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I get that. He gets you, that. You understand then. You mean he yeah, yeah. shares a birthday with Hunter. That's that's how we need to look at yeah, this. Yeah, he does. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, this movie, in the 1950s, Alice and Jack live in the idealized community of Victory, an experimental company town that houses the men who work on top secret projects. While the husbands toil away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when cracks in their idealistic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister lurking below the surface, 
Alice can't help but question exactly what she's doing in Victory. This, this film did a good job of kind of, like, not throwing you off, but you really, like, I knew something was off, and I knew, like, the kind of premise of, like, what they were going for, but I didn't realize what the actual deception was. If yeah. that makes sense. W- without spoiling anything, like, it, it kind of felt a little predictable. But yet One, not. Once I started watching it. Like, if you just watch the commercials and everything, you have no idea what's yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, The previews and all that stuff don't tell you anything except for who the actors in the movie are, and that's what they were banking <laughs> yeah. on to draw you into it. Right. Um, but it it was a pretty cool concept for a movie. Yeah. I liked the twist at towards the end. I did not like the ending itself. I feel this I way. thought, like, it, it could have gone a little further. It could have answered a couple more questions that yes. I had. And they left it open for a part two, but I think they had said in interviews that there's definitely not going to be a part two, and that's upsetting to me. Yeah, I wanted it to end it with more um, vigor, if that's the word. A little more redemption, I guess, is maybe the better word. Oh, no, there's no redemption for people like that. <laughs> there's no redemption for people like that. You, if you know, you know. What do you think about Harry Styles in the movie, Like as far as his acting goes? Because, I mean, Florence just kills it every single time. Yeah, Florence Pugh, I have zero complaints about. She is very quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Her and Haley Steinfeld, so oh, Hawkeye yeah. was just great for me. Yeah. Um, but I think his acting wasn't super great until, lightly. until the ending. And then you realize like what was going on, and it, in hindsight, brings everything back. And you're like, oh, he was acting really well. Oh. He's a good actor. I didn't want to say it, but it's true. I mm. think Harry Styles is a good actor. Yeah. And it, it becomes really evident when he's switching accents, like whether he does it intentionally or not. And that's pretty cool. Interesting. And last but certainly not least, I have Where the Crawdads Sing, the film. Oh. I have um, no it, idea what that's about. I know it's been a book, and that's why they made it into a film. Do tell. Yes. But I have zero info. So dazzle me. So this is the first time where I have watched a movie that was based on a book, and I thought the movie was better. Ooh. You don't hear that often. Yeah. I read the book, like, two summers ago, I think it was. It was during, like, the 2020 COVID summer when I was working at the library by myself, pretty much. And so I was reading it, and I was just, like, talking about it with my supervisor because she had also read it. And I was just like, this book is not that good. (laughs) And it wasn't, like... I guess it was more the the writing and the way the main character was portrayed that I didn't enjoy. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just like a – I don't really remember exactly, but I just know I didn't exactly enjoy it. It was still an interesting plot, but, like, not my favorite. Yeah. Um, but then I watched the movie, and for some reason, I just thought the film was so much better mm. than the book. Like, the way the, the plot line followed through, although there wasn't, like, a lot of the stuff that was in the book in the film – it did keep any like key points in mm. the film from the book. And I think that was more essential than it didn't just like the... delete characters and yes. ra- randomly throw stuff in there that wasn't there at all. Yes, precisely. Okay. And it was nice because I was like, Oh, I remember this part because I enjoyed this part or it was like, Oh, okay. This part's about to happen. Oh, they did that part. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it was just like in the book, I felt like it was a lot more chaotic. Mm. Okay. If that makes any any sense. But yeah, it was a really good film. Um, it's basically a woman who raised herself in the marshes of the Deep South, a.k.a. North Carolina, um, 
which I thought it was going to be like Louisiana when I was reading the book, but it wasn't. And it was like North Carolina. Did not even know there was marshes there. It's weird that or North like, Carolina is considered the deep south. Yeah. South, I get yeah. Deep south? Yeah. It, it literally has north in the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, at least South Carolina, you know what I mean? But whatever. I don't make it up. Um, but she basically becomes a suspect in the murder of a man with whom she was once involved with, Ooh. like romantically. Um, but nice. yeah, it's very interesting. And I like that in the film they didn't make her out to be it what is the proper terminology she was just so mean in the book the mm. main character which valid because like of certain reasons but like ah but in the film they made her more like timid yeah, and more, more mellowed out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um but the actress is Daisy Edgar Jones. This is the first film I've ever seen her in. And obviously it's based on the book written by, um, I believe it's pronounced Dahlia Owens. Mm. So, right. yeah. Cool. That's pretty good. All right. well. it, is it worth me checking out? Um, would, would I think so. I it's free it? on Netflix. So mm, I refuse to pay for it when it was not free. Because mm. right, I maybe. think they had it on like Prime Video, but you had to pay for it. And gotcha. I was like, absolutely not. Because if it's bad, I don't want to contribute to that. Yeah, I expect Chris to first spoil everything and then decide if he wants to watch it or not. That's 100% what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, Follow-up question. <laughs> Do crawdads actually sing? Not like sing like we do, but they I believe they make sounds. They do make sounds. I mean, they're underwater, they... though. Would you know? No, they. It's yes and no. They Okay, so I used to live in Bumble. They Bumble-Rat. make like a morning call, right? This is something like that, yeah. So I used to live in Beaumont, and they make these little holes that are kind of like these little mud holes that can sometimes come out of the ground. And so sometimes they're in the water, sometimes they're not. But, yeah, they make these little noises. So when I was a kid in my neighborhood growing up where my parents lived, there's like really deep drainage ditches. Mm-hmm. And during the rainy time of the year, like they would live in yeah, those yeah. drainage ditches. So we would go crawdad fishing all the time, yeah, which yeah. essentially was just like us getting butterfly nets and like, red solo cups and just trying to catch crawdads in the drainage <laughs> what? ditch. Yeah, I think like they're, they're always like pretty small, but the biggest one I've seen was like the size of my hand as an adult now. Yeah. And that, I didn't know they got that big, but it was like that one like lived inside the, the pipe and I was too scared to go back there, but I saw it a couple of times and it would just like go back into the pipe. It was cool. You ever eat them? No. Because, oh, really? I mean, I'm, I've am i had crawdads before, but I never ate the ones I caught because oh, I wasn't I entirely sure that they weren't eating poop. Oh, yeah. Oh, good point. Because the, the <laughs> drainage ditches, like, yeah. they're just rain drainage ditches, but yeah, you never they know. also look like sewage <laughs> drainage ditches. I'm, I wasn't messing with it. Yeah. yeah, that's valid. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's all of our stuff. Yeah, right. very good. All, all right. right. Next, we're going to move into Shower Thoughts with Chris. So my my shower thought, and these are actual shots uh, thoughts that I have in the shower. So I would expect no less. Shots like, in the shower. <laughs> you know me, ten a.m. shower beer. <laughs> shot, 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 shot. Uh, no. So how do people decide what they want to do when they make up their own jobs, and like how do I do it? Is it you know people are always like you know if you do something you love you'll never work a day in your life, or if you want a job that you can demand your own pay for. You got to make it yourself. Like how do people decide on that? Like the guy that decided we're going to make flavored pet food. 
Like, hmm. And did he do it himself or did he hire somebody else to be like, all right, you're going to try this pet food and tell me what the flavors are? Oh. Like, I need to know, is this chicken and gravy or is this salmon and chickpeas? Is this the, <laughs> the lamb and I think, it, like, I think when it's at that point, there's so much science involved. You got to have people, unless you're a scientist yourself, you got to have like some some people doing it for you. But then like, who was the first person to be like, you know, we could just sell these tiny pellets and call it dog food and be done. Like, <laughs> it's going to have everything your dog needs. Right. Or I can make two different flavor profiles and sell them both and go that direction. Or or like the, the guy that names paint. Like, you got to imagine he's being paid to come up mm. with names for paint, like macaroni and cheese. Don't those, oh, I was going to say, don't those names already exist? Like red and blue, yeah. But I mean, like, if you go to Valspar and you get something that's like slightly pine grove, yeah, like or something yeah, like pine that. grove chartreuse or things like that. Like, there are real colors like that, but some companies like copyright their colors, right? Yeah, so it's the same exact color, but you have to come up with a new name for it, and you yeah. have to go through all of the paint colors and be like, hey. This one already exists and it's copyrighted, so I can't use that. But I can say Pine Groves instead of Pine Grove. Like it's got an S, so now it's different. Hmm. Or Pine yeah. Grove 2. Hmm. Like that for me, that, that would be what I do. But like how do people get these jobs and are they like lifelong careers? That can't be. Like who I don't you, think you, they're you, lifelong. No, you you're telling me but that I mean, someone's could, job is to if name I could colors. Get paid to name colors for the rest of my life. No one has that job. Like that is not their sole job. Someone has that job no, though. No, give me that. Yes. Show, show your work. I no, no, no. It has to be done. I mean, so somebody someone has to have has that job. At least one person has to have that job. True, but they can't be their only part of their job. I'm not saying that someone doesn't do it. I'm saying that's, they, that's not their soul. Like, they don't come into work I mean, and go, let me they, think of all the names I can think of right maybe they now run for this focus blue groups here. Or something. I don't know. That is the type of blue that comes down at, I don't know, 12 o'clock on well, the East it, Coast. It's got to be like day. a special <laughs> type of copywriting, though. Like, yeah, the, the guy that comes up with the jingles for Hot Pockets. Like, Hot Pocket. He got paid for that. No, but yeah, but, but that but was you're, like you're, a one and done. Right? Do you think he's still like? Well, he's doing that for other companies, though. Like that's his job. Know? He makes jingles because that's what you do. That's what copywriting is. He's you a make jingler. jingles and you uh, make ads and things like that. Like, I mean, obviously, he was probably just phoning it in that day for Hot Pockets, but 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 you're, maybe he also did the Sham Wow commercials. But you're, you're mentioning something. a career <laughs> that is not like brand new. Like people have been making jingles for a long time. That's what I'm saying, though. Like the first person to make a jingle, like he made that job. Mm. He got paid for that. See, I don't know about that. And then that. somebody else was like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it became a big thing, but initially, like it was just one guy doing that. I think it depends on yeah. what the job is because some jobs just evolved into something else. Well, yeah, obviously. But that's I, because, what I'm saying. How do people how do people come up with that first job the first time? And how can I get in on that? Yeah. I get you there. Because like now you you want to be a copywriter, you have to go to school and get a degree in marketing and management and you need a bachelor's in business. But back then, it was just some guy that was like, hey, I think I'd be good at this. <laughs> like, watch yeah. Mad Men. That's exactly what Don Draper did. He just walked up to some guy and was like, hey, give me a job. But he didn't invent the job. No, he didn't. But at that point, like, it was a new enough thing that you didn't have to go to school for it. 
Right. Then what are you saying here? Are you talking about creating pure new jobs out of yes. thin air? Or yes. But that's not what Don Draper did. But like easy jobs. No, I'm just saying like, for example, oh, like okay, that. Okay, okay. that's the thing. But like easy jobs like that. Like I want to be the guy that names paint. I want to be the guy that's like, because <laughs> nobody's questioning the guy that tries the dog food. They're like, hey, what does this taste like? And he's just like salmon and chickpea. And they're like, dope. And they write it on the package. <laughs> salmon and chickpea. Because if you go and you're like, if you call the company and you're like, hey, this doesn't taste like salmon and chickpea, they're going to be like, well, it's not for human consumption. It's not for you. Your cat can tell. And then like, you're, you're just stuck there. Like, yeah, I guess my cat can tell. Like, this is a full thought that I had in the shower. Like, I played this all out. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm done with this. This is, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to answer this for I, you. It's I don't just think a, there's a solution. There is no solution this. to this question. I mean, maybe that is the solution. I'll be the guy that comes up with solutions, and I'll get paid for that. You're the guy oh. guy. I'm already the guy guy. <laughs> He's the guy. TM. Yeah, I remember Trademark. one time, actually, Tyler was talking to one of his friends, and he said something that I know about, and Tyler was like, oh, yeah, I've got a guy for that. And I just looked at him and was like, it's me. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. I'm you, the you guy. Can't. I'm the guy you have. I'm the one who knocks. I am the guy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. All right. Thank you for that yeah, on this wonderful I'm going to be thinking Monday. about it all day. Mm, okay. It's Wednesday. Fantastic. Well, we're recording on a Monday, so. They don't Take that. that. Oh. Uh, we Secrets. recorded and posted this the same day. <laughs> we do this live. That's, that's feasible. <laughs> I think we could probably do a live episode, and it'd be really fun. It would be. Not with this current technology. No. Not with this current technology we got going on. One we day. have to do some fixes <laughs> first. Get on that, Tim. All right, on it. Stack. All right, guys. We're going to go ahead and move into our next segment, which is... What did I miss? Yeah. Fantastic. This Feels is good. the part of the show where we like to present to you some news that you probably didn't hear about. And I'm going to start this one because I've been excited for this and I've been putting Ooh. it off for a couple weeks and I'm really mad about it. Good. So I saw this and I was really right? pumped for it. Yes. So tunnel discovered beneath Egyptian temple may lead to Cleopatra's tomb. What? Archaeologists say. Come on. <laughs> okay. <History>. So <laughs> hear me out. So. There was this like saying that Cleopatra apparently said, and she said, no man will find my tomb. Oh, right. Plot twist. A woman might have possibly found her tomb. I am no so, man. Lord yes. of the Rings. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. A woman. She says, so, <laughs> I am no man. And then she hit it with a pickaxe. Oh. Okay. Anyways, so <laughs> Kathleen Martinez has been searching for Cleopatra's tomb for the last twenty years. Impressive. She's dedicated. Yeah, yeah she is. Um, so, according to CNN, Martinez and her team uncovered a four thousand two hundred and eighty-one foot tunnel located forty-three feet underground. Yeah, see, um, that's the kind of stuff that you would not catch me inside of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if have you seen the pictures of it? It looks pretty like. Is it pretty open or pretty? It's pretty, it's like a tall archway kind of tunnel. Yeah, but still, that that to me sounds like I'm about to get haunted. Well, true. But also, some of it's underwater, but I'll get to that in a second. So. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> the excavation revealed a huge religious center with three sanctuaries, a sacred lake, 
more than 1,500 object, objects, busts, statues, golden pieces, mm. a huge collection of coins portraying Alexander the Great, Queen Cleopatra, and I b- believe it's pronounced Ptolemies. Mm-hmm. And the Ptolemies, Martinez says, which is the archaeologist. So a series of clues basically led her to believe that Cleopatra's tomb might be located in the Temple of Osiris in the ruined city of Taposiris Magna on Egypt's northern coast where the Nile River meets the Mediterranean. Um, So according to Martinez, Cleopatra was considered in her time to be the human incarnation of the goddess Isis. And Antony was considered to be that of the god Osiris, Iris's husband. I mean, Isis's husband. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically, they find this temple, and it's dedicated to Osiris, which means that probably Mark Antony is buried somewhere in there. And they were reportedly buried together because he had died, and I think she committed suicide by a bug bite or something, and she died. And so reportedly, they were buried together. Okay. So Romeo and Juliet inspiration here. A little bit, a little bit. Um, So they have discovered tunnels that are under the sea. So under the Mediterranean Sea, um, (laughs) along with the temple being dedicated to the goddess Isis. So now the excavations will begin to take place underwater. Wow. We got ourselves a uh, national treasure, but, uh, but not American. Yeah. It's still a national treasure. It's just an Egyptian national treasure. That's true. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And apparently they found, like, um, coins that, like, depicted Cleopatra and Mark Antony. That's cool. And stuff like that. And, and basically, gold, so I wonder how much yeah, is worth that. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, I don't know lot. if they're, like, Roman coins or whatever, but I assume they'd probably be Roman because I don't think Egyptians made coins like that. Well, Cleopatra... She was the pharaoh of Egypt, but, like, is it pharaoh if it's a woman? Yeah. I don't know. It, they're okay, all pharaoh. Yeah. I'm getting my okay, history cool. mixed up. Was it the Greeks or the Romans that occupied Israel at that time? I thought it was the Romans. You, the you might be Romans. right. Romans. Yeah, Mark Antony was Roman. But I mentioned Alexander the Great, who was Macedonian, so that's why I was curious. Yeah, but he was leader of, like, the Romans. True. Good point. So, but, yeah. Anyways. Cool stuff. Could be the find of the century. I yeah. think once they find it, they should just leave it there. <laughs> I agree. Don't take it out. Just leave it there, guys. Do you know the only reason the pyramids are in Egypt right now is because they were too big to take to the British Museum? I saw that somewhere. I think they should yeah, just I really, leave it there and let the yeah. Egyptians do what they want with it. I really hope it doesn't end up in a British Museum. Oh, 100% it will. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, Tim. Tim, nice. what you got? Okay. Um, what is the oldest family member, dead or alive, that you are aware of? Wait, what? In like my how, family? How, like, yeah. How far back can you trace your heritage? Like, is there a family member that you know of? Or I all of my grandparents to are dead. Tesla. Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know oh, that. I did cool. the DNA test, and it like follows like uh, people in your family bloodline that you might be related to, and Nikola Tesla's in mine. That's kind of cool. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Not like a direct descendant, but like he's he's pretty far back up there. Right. Okay. I thought you were talking talking about like living people, and I was like, yeah, I, I got nothing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I have no idea. I have not done my research like that. Yeah. So for mine, I can't name them, but my mom's grandmother's side of the family has like a family tree that goes all the way back to like 
1600s, I think. And so oh, wow. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, so most people can go back at least a few generations in their family history, and some who take it more seriously can go back even several centuries. Uh, but picture being able to trace your ancestry back 5,300 years. This is exactly what was unfolded since Otzi, the Iceman's DNA test, revealed 19 surviving male descendants in Austria. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it was initially thought that Otzi, the Iceman, was found by several German tourists in the Alps in 1991, was a frozen corpse of a climber or a soldier who perished during the, world, the First World War. But later tests revealed the Iceman is actually the oldest natural human mummy found in Europe who lived around 3300 BC. And it is amazing to note that his body still had complete blood cells that resembled those in modern blood. So Whoa. his body, if you look at a picture of it, which you can, it's it's you can look at it and go, that's a human. You can see skin on him and like see the frostbite and everything because he's just been frozen. Like super creepy. It is. What was he wearing? Uh I don't remember. Are I, you saying he deserved it? <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> I'm saying because if they've like found it and thought this man lived in World War One, then I'm curious as to was he wearing clothing? Because then you'd be like, oh, that's not World War One clothing. Well, in the picture, I don't think he had any clothing on, but I don't know if they took it off oh. or not. So, yeah, he's naked. Probably okay. Uh, naked that and afraid. Why he froze. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's your problem. Uh, <laughs> scientists were even able to discover that his Last Supper was red deer and herb bread, along with wheat bran. Roots and fruit because of how, uh, how well his body was kept. That's kind of huh. kind of neat. There. That's dope. Dope. All right. So, uh, moving forward, he is the first known person to have Lyme disease, according to the DNA analysis, which has also revealed that he had a significant risk of uh, atherosclerosis. Sclerosis. Thank you. Uh, lactose intolerance and Borrelia. Borrelia. Uh, Berg. Doffery, some scientific, thank you. yeah, thank you. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, by locating others who had the same genetic mutation as Otzi, researchers were able to identify his relatives. Um, so, nineteen men with the same ancestry as Otzi have been positively identified by researchers. The people who will be most directly impacted by the unexpected revelation uh, have not yet been informed of it. The researchers have not yet told the nineteen males of the finding, and is uncertain if they will. But Nonetheless, wow. they have discovered 19 people who share his DNA. That's cool. Huh. Or not his DNA, but you know, where he's related to. Because this man was lactose intolerant. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I mean, kind of, but yeah. like All lactose intolerant people descend from a single ancestor. <gasps> I mean, it's me. We're related. <laughs> well, it is, you guys remember, did I share this before? The, the really disturbing fact that we're all kind of related? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, probably, yeah. Yeah, essentially, if you did the math, like there should be like, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but essentially, if you go back far enough, you, you you the population would be too small for it to be what we would need it to be for. Basically, there's a lot of incest going on. Mm. For short, yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of some lot of more than others. A lot of incest, yeah, some more than others. Anyways, Brits, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> you said it, not me. All right, Chris, what you got, brother? In my normal fashion of being the animal news guy. <laughs> uh, van <laughs> right? <laughs> Vandalism freed thousands of mink at a rural northwest Ohio farm, leaving an estimated 10,000 small carnivorous mammals unaccounted for. Minks. Minks. 
Yeah. Could you please describe a mink? Here, I will pull up a picture for you. You've never seen like a purse of like mink fur or whatever? Wow. They're like cute little. I want to say I have. It's just they, they kind of look like little weasels. Uh, like, yeah. Like ferrets. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they're the American mink, which these were, can be one point one to three point five pounds, full grown. Hmm. Um, so, they're so you know, cute. They're, they're kind of nice. They make very lovely blankets. They're super warm. Um. <laughs> It's horrible. <laughs> what do you want from me? I grew up with mink blankets. Like, here's what it is. Um, so sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the these minks were released from a farm in Ohio, in Ohio, and a lot of them actually got killed trying to cross a nearby road. Oh no! <laughs> like, it just just imagine a mass of like giant fur ball coming straight at you as you're driving like you really can't do much about it <laughs> no except drive through it oh my Most god people didn't know what it was uh, so many minks were killed crossing a nearby road that a plow had to be brought in to help clear <gasps> the carcasses away oh, no uh the property Dude. owner initially estimated 25,000 to 40,000 minks were released from their oh. cages at a lion farm um he said that employees at the farm were able to corral a lot of them uh, most of them remained on property, which is less than 15 miles from the Indiana state line, which means they're probably crossing states now, which makes them illegal as well. <laughs> um, <but laughs> he declined to discuss any potential motive for the overnight vandalism or say whether any suspect had been identified as the police uh, investigate. A farm manager told WANETV that someone left a spray-painted message with the letters ALF and the phrase, we'll be back. Um, that stands for the Animal Liberation Front. <laughs> oh, gosh. Really? So, like, the the extreme PETA people that, like, break into SeaWorld and try to steal the dolphins oh. and, like, release them and stuff like that, that's ALF. Wow. Good for them. I don't know I how guess. I feel about them. Like, because a lot of times they're doing good, but they don't think about... Yeah, you can't release a captive, like, animal like that because it especially 40,000 of them like well, most yeah. of them died yeah. crossing the street like <laughs> do you know how they're like we got to save these animals and now 10,000 of them are dead like yeah it's like have you seen those videos of people like they've like like brought up like a rabbit back to life after yeah. they found on the road <laughs> like, and then like, like, a they hawk were... picks it up immediately <laughs> yeah <laughs> like be free little guy <laughs> no <laughs> I saw that was like a rat on TikTok or something, and yeah. the bird immediately picked it up. Somebody like <laughs> they nurse it back to health, and they're like taking videos of this thing, like it being very sweet, and it's such a loving animal, and then it just gone <laughs> immediately, like ten seconds after they let it go. Oh. Yeah, that's traumatic. Or like the woman who threw a, a turtle in the water because it was it a tortoise. <laughs> Or tortoise, yeah. <gasps> yeah. She threw a yeah, tortoise yeah, yeah. in the water because she thought it could swim, but tortoises cannot swim. That's turtles. They are land animals. There's a difference. Oh, so <laughs> no! <laughs> Why isn't he coming up? Uh, mm. Back to the story, though, because it's not done yet. Uh, sheriff's office initially warned residents in the area to be cautious with poultry flocks, small pets, and koi ponds that the mink might attack but later said that the freed mink are considered domesticated and likely lack the skills to survive in the wild. So oh. not only did the ones well, die crossing the street, but once they get out there, probably, they're probably, they will they're also probably die. going to die. Wow. Yeah. Like, they, don't, they didn't think about this when they released them. No. 
Uh, sheriff oh, urged people who spot them not to approach them and contact the farm and or trappers for recapturing. He said mink. residents Why? who want to hunt or trap mink must make sure they understand what related rules and exemptions apply in the area. Wow. So now if you want to go mink hunting and make your own blanket, you can absolutely <laughs> do that. Just make sure you're following the rules. Make sure you get your license and you're all set to go. It'd probably be a lot oh easier there God. because they're, like you said, domesticated. It'd be like hunting house cats. Jeez. Yeah, it'd probably just come up to you and you'd be like, Wah -wah! And <laughs> Please, sir, help me. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have a blanket. Oh, That's no. horrible. My family and I have been trapped in the woods for days. We help haven't eaten. Us. Help. <laughs> oh, so just like snap its tiny little neck. Uh, oh, my God. So that happened. There you go. That is some news you probably didn't hear about. No, it is not. That's definitely something that would happen in Ohio, though. Right? Yeah, it sounds like Ohio. It just doesn't surprise me. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go ahead and move into our first break, and then we will come back with our main segment. All right, friends, we are back, and we are going to talk about our main segment today, which is weather. Ah. I am a Storms. slut for weather. This is really weird to hear you say, Chris. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 it's kind of throwing me off a hair. Deal with it. Okay. I'm a slut for weather. Dwight, I you ignorant love slut. love that for you. <laughs> so, first, before we, we each, basically, the layout for our main segment is going to be a game. We're going to play a little false game. And I'm hosting it, so Tim and Chris are going to have to answer. And then each of us chose two types of weather that we find, like, more like extreme types of weather that we find to be interesting, and we're going to, like, talk about them, describe them, blah, 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 blah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I would like to point out that Chris stole, like, the two coolest ones off the bat, so. I Literally. stole them? Yeah. I called dibs on them. You stole them. Do we call it stealing if I find it first? Yes. And I call it? Uh, that's how the British did it. Kind of sounds like colonialism. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> they took from people that already had the things. This was an open concept. Mm. Fine, fine, fine. Whatever. Okay. So, first, we're gonna, it's true and false. Yeah. Got so, it. I'm going to ask a thing or say a statement, and you're going to tell me whether you think it's true or false. Okay. Number one, lightning never strikes the same place twice. False. False. You guys are correct. Um, lightning can definitely strike the same place twice. Obviously, um, in New York City with tall buildings, yeah, it's definitely going to strike the same place twice. That's what they're made for. <laughs> There's a guy that was struck by lightning like six times. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Yeah, God does like not I knew like that. him. <laughs> Um, the Empire State Building is one of the many tall buildings, obviously, in New York City, and it is struck by lightning about 25 times per year yeah. on average. That's insane. That's what the spire's for. Ah, smart. Okay. Yeah. Number two, being out in the cold air causes sickness. False. I mean, it leads up to sickness, but, like, it is false. not self. I'm going to say false since we have to do yes or no, but. You both are correct. 
Yeah. Um, no. It basically says. I need says, you to tell my immigrant family that. <laughs> because No, my any, dad would never let me go play outside when it was cold. Yeah. If I take Ellie from the car to the house and I don't have her wrapped in a blanket, they're like, where's that girl's blanket? Why doesn't she have a coat? <laughs> like she's she's going to get sick. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, you need to be exposed to a virus or a bacteria in order to get sick. Right. Um, however, more people do tend to get sick more frequently in the wintertime. And the reason is that... Um, it's probably because being in close quarters with other people who may be sick and not know it, mm. um, the dry air and then going inside a heated place um, can dry out your nasal passages, oh. which can cause you to become sick or increase the, what is it called? Susceptibility to infection. Oh. Um, just like little things like that. It's a variety of things, but being outside in the cold air itself does not cause the sickness. The cold air does oh. not do it. No. Interesting. Correct. So... Next up. Two for two. Yeah, you both are pretty good. Um, flash flooding only happens near rivers and streams. False. False. Why are you guys so good at this? Were you guys just looking at my freaking quiz? Anyways, <laughs> that is correct. Um, I just know flooding a lot about can... I told you, I'm a slut for weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, right. Flooding can literally occur anywhere. As we have seen um, back where... We well, where you guys still live and where I used to live, it would happen yeah. everywhere, all the time. Um, because of terrible like what is called drainage systems. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes the when soil gets too like wet or whatever the word is, um, it will just flood <laughs> because it cannot continue to absorb water. Yeah. Um Yeah. So it's just it's gonna happen. Flash it's gonna happen. flood's gonna flash flood. How do you guys <laughs> How do you guys feel about the word moist, by the way? I don't mind it. I I don't mind it either. Okay. I don't I I know a few people that are like super anti moist. And that's why I'm saying it right now. Moist. It doesn't bother me. Okay. No. I think when it's purposely tried to be made sensual, it makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, why? But if somebody just says it, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> that's the okay, word cool. Like cake. <laughs> yeah. Like you know? this cake is moist. Oh yeah. Yeah, it is. Right, Tim. Thank for <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Next up. Gross. <laughs> if a car in front of you is able to drive through a flooded roadway, it's also safe for you to do so. False. false. Are these all false? Correct. <laughs> yeah. No, they're not all false. But that is correct. Please do not drive through flooded roadways just because the the truck or the somehow a tiny little fiat in front of you yeah. is able to do so. Yeah, I've loved watching those videos on Reddit where people are like, you know, I think I can make that. And, and then they get no, stuck. they cannot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Some people's kids. Okay. <laughs> Number five. Chicken. Ch Whoa. Not chickens. Crickets. <laughs> chirp frequency can tell you about the air temperature. True. True. Can y'all stop? No. Lived in the South. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Okay, so that is true. Crickets <laughs> are cold-blooded, and you will not hear them chirping when the temperature is below about 55 degrees. Um, to estimate the air temperature, count the number of chirps you hear in 15 seconds and then add 37. Huh. I didn't know there was actually math to it. Yeah, I didn't know about the math. Yes, there's math to it. There's math to everything. Cool. Mm, fascinating. Um. Number six, raindrops are shaped like teardrops. 
False. Just because I want to keep the record clean. False. Oh, my God. Yes, you both are correct. I'm sure. I'm sure if it's a trick question or not. <laughs> <laughs> Due to surface tension and the action of gravity on a falling drop, raindrops are actually shaped more like a hamburger bun. Huh. I knew that. Than a teardrop. Yep. That's funny. Isn't that so cute? Little hamburger <laughs> bun drops. Have you ever seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? <laughs> <laughs> The best weather film of all time. (laughs) 100%. Um, Number seven. Clouds don't weigh anything. False. False. Clouds are hella heavy. That that is correct. Um, They weigh a lot. Uh, Usually 1.1 million pounds if there's water. Or they are water, so yeah. Yeah. They weigh a lot. Lots of pounds. You both got that right? Did I mark that? Um, number eight, you can tell how far away a lightning strike was by counting the time between the flash and when you hear thunder. True. I'm going to say true, but like, I feel like this might be a trick. Like, it's just, I don't know, it could be math. Go ahead. Uh, say true. You absolutely can, but I think the way that we were taught as kids is wrong. Okay, yeah, good point. True. Both say true? Yeah. Yep. That is correct. <sighs> To estimate how far away a lightning strike is, count the number of seconds between the flash when you see the lightning and then the bang when you hear the thunder. Divide this number by five, and that tells you how many miles away the strike was. That's it. The the division was the part that I wasn't taught as a kid. Right. Like you see the flash and you count one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand. Boom. It's three miles away. Yes. But that's, Um, that's not right. Remember that if you can hear thunder... You are close enough to get struck by lightning, so please seek shelter. Good to know. Oh, by the way, before we move on, have you guys seen that video on TikTok where this woman is uh, taking, is it her cat, out on a hike? And she's, like, doing, like, a selfie. She's like, all right, here (gasps) we go. And then her hair raises up, and she's like, oh, oh, shit, oh, shit. And basically, it's, like, a sign that you are, like, electrically charged, or I don't know what the science is behind it. But Hank Green's like, yeah, she did the right thing and, like, found shelter in her car and everything. Yeah, (laughs) run. Like, get out of there. Yeah. Go somewhere, anywhere, <laughs> yeah. not there. Because I think the video of her at first was her being like, oh, look at my hair. Oh, my God, look at my yeah, hair. Yeah, And then, like, took yeah. off running, holding her cat. Yeah. And her cat was just kind of, like, flailing <laughs> 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 around. Um, I have two more questions. Okay. Number nine. Working out in cold weather makes you burn calories faster. Mm. I'm going to say f- your muscles contract more, but do you? You don't sweat as much. Let's come out with a three, two, one. Give her an answer. I don't know which one I think. Um, three, two, one. Balls. Oh. Chris, you said true. Yep. You are correct. No. Um, this is true, but obviously you still need to be careful working out in the cold. Um, because as it turns out, your body has to work harder to warm you up that when it's cold sense. outside, which that's in turn burns more calories. Yeah, oh, that's what I was thinking. Because calories are literally just the ability to keep you warm. That's a good point. Darn it. Last, but certainly not least. Oh, this is definitely the last one, but I'm, we'll get into more <laughs> weather things in a second. Um, at any given time, there are approximately 2,000 thunderstorms occurring around the world. True. I feel like there's more than that. 
So I'm going to hedge my bet here because either way I'm going to lose if I don't. False. Chris, you are correct. Yeah. yeah. That's really it. At any given time, there are about this many thunderstorms happening somewhere on the earth. I had so. to redeem myself from the soccer game last week. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay, good cool. Job, yeah, Chris. that's my little quiz. Thanks. <laughs> He's a slut for weather. I am. I got all of them right. 10 out of 10. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Okay. I told all right, you. guys. <laughs> so now... We are going to go into our two forms of weather that we chose to speak about today. Tim, start us off. All right. My first one today are sandstorms or dust storms. Those um, ones are crazy. Yeah, they're intense. Uh, you guys ever watch the movie Hidalgo? Yeah. That one, like, it didn't scar me, but it forever imprinted in my brain, like, just how crazy sandstorms are. Um, have you seen that film, Harley? No. Oh, yeah. It's about a horse in the desert. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it. It's a big race, and there's a man. And it's about a horse in the desert. Um, there's a man. <laughs> uh, the guy who plays uh, Aragorn, I can't remember his name. Vigo, Vigo Morrison. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's in it. Uh, I liked it at the mm. time. I don't know how I like it now, but anyways. It's been uh, a minute since I've seen it. It's, yeah. it's been a while. It's one of those childhood films that you haven't really watched in a long time. Yeah, don't plan to either. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, so sand and dust storms are typical meteorological Meteorological, meteorological. meteorological dangers <laughs> in an arid and semi-arid environments. They are typically brought on by thunderstorms or by cyclone-related significant pressure gradients that boost wind speed over a larger region. Large volumes of sand and dust are lifted into the atmosphere by these powerful winds from bare, dry soils, where they are often where they are carried hundreds to thousands of kilometers distant. The lower layer of the Earth's atmosphere, the troposphere, contains forty percent of its aerosols as wind-eroded dust. Wow. Um, yeah, the dust storms can be carried by enormous mile-long clouds. They may reach heights of more than 10,000 feet and have winds that are at least 25 miles per hour in speed. Estimates of the annual global emissions of dust, primarily based on computer models, range between 1 and 3 gigatons, like dust in the air. Um, all right, last little thing. When dust is liberated from the surface, uh, convection updrafts and turbulent mixing propel it to higher altitudes of the troposphere. And depending on their size and the circumstances, they may then be carried by winds for a while before being dragged back down to the surface. So during travel, there is a trend, uh, trend towards being smaller particle size because bigger particle sediments more quickly you know, dissolve and fall down than smaller ones. Precipitation also removes dust from the sky. Um, for dust particles greater than 10 millimeters in diameter, the typical lifespan of the atmos- in the atmosphere is a few hours for sub my micrometric dust particles, it is more than 10 days. You went way more into detail on your notes than I did on mine. Well, that's because I'm dedicated. <laughs> so, uh, impacts. Oh. Um, <laughs> Mr. Weatherman. Uh, impacts. So, both continental and marine ecosystems can obtain a micro... can obtain micronutrients from surface dust deposition. Dust transports of iron and Phosphorus are known to help marine biomass production in areas of the ocean suffering from a scarcity of these elements and is believed that the Saharan dust fertilizes the Amazon rainforest. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Uh, However, dust also has a number of detrimental effects on the agriculture, including as lowering crop yields by burying seedlings, causing plant tissue loss, lowering the photosynthetic activity, and accelerating soil erosion. All right, and Hmm. last little thing about uh, sandstorms, the history... 
the Southern Plains area of the United States, which experienced significant dust storms during a drought in the 1930s, was known as the Dust Bowl. People yeah. and cattle pair. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I just thought it's like no, it's such an Harley, interesting period blue, of history. Sorry. <laughs> right. uh, people in cattle perished, crops failed, and the area from Texas to Nebraska was swept by, I think you're in there somewhere in Kansas, uh, swept by fierce winds and suffocated dust. The Dust Bowl exacerbated. Uh, yep, exacerbated. Thank you. Uh, the Great Depression's crippling economic effects and forced many agricultural families to flee in a last-ditch effort to find jobs and better le- living circumstances. And my last thing, sandstorms that were causing issues in Australia, according to reports, cost Australians $20 million a year in medical expenses due to asthma and respiratory conditions that are considered to be brought on by the sandstorms. That's insane. That is insane. Sandstorms are... Uh, are uh, they're not. They're they're not always fun, you know. Where do they usually take place? Is it or is it just like random? I assume mostly in deserts, of where course. There's yeah. loose soil where there's loose, you know, um, you know, sand and everything. So that, and that, lots of wind. Yeah, and that's like I didn't go into the whole history, history of it, but that like that's why the whole dust bowl happened is because there was over agriculture, like people didn't take care of the land the way they should mm. have, and so because also if you have a ground type Pokemon. That is at least level twenty five sandstorm because it's an option, and it creates. I'm just kidding. God. Uh, so <laughs> Not yeah. only is he a slut for weather, he's a slut for Pokemon. Oh, I don't like. No, that. There, there's people out there that are. I'm not in that camp. Um, oh, okay. That's a very different kind of thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, am I moving on to my second one? Or yeah, are we let's taking let's turns? move on. Let's go. You go in. Okay. Uh, my next one was hurricanes. Wow. Hurricanes. All right. Crazy, scary stuff. They are. Hurricanes are colossal, turbulent storms. They generate winds that reach up to, or excuse me, at least 74 miles, 74 miles per hour or faster. The name hurricane is derived from the, what is that word? How do you pronounce that? Taino? Taino? Taino. Thank you. Uh, word, I'm assuming hurricane or hurricane, something along those lines, um, It is it, which refers to the wind's evil spirit. It's a native uh Term, uh, excuse me, indigenous term. Um, a heated ocean surface is where oceans originate. Making uh, when making landfall, a wall of ocean water is pushed onshore as a hurricane hits land. Storm surge is the term used to describe the water wall. Uh, flooding may result from persistent rain and a hurricane storm surge. Um, okay, so in case you didn't know, there are categories to hurricanes. There's five of them. Number one is winds between 74 to 95 miles per hour. That's as fast as a cheetah. Now, I wanted to say... Faster, even. Yeah, I want to say this because just imagine something going that fast and hitting you in the face. Yeah, so not that's, a fan. That's, that's why I'm mentioning these, like, how fast it is. That would clock you out instantly, probably. Yeah. Category two, 96 to 110 miles per hour, as fast or faster than a baseball pitcher's fastball oh sorry oh uh, maybe not maybe s- this would clock you out have you seen the videos of like weather people in hurricanes <laughs> and like a stop sign just- <laughs> oh yeah oh man they, i hope they get paid extra for that shit uh category Workers three comp, <laughs> category three winds between 111 and 129 miles per hour uh similar or close to the serving speed of many professional tennis players whoa uh category four Four winds between 130 and 156 miles per hour, faster than the world's fastest roller coaster. And category five winds more than 157 miles per hour, similar or close to the speed of some high speed trains. Yeah. That is terrifying. Extremely terrifying. Imagine getting hit by a train in a hurricane. 
I mean, if you're, outside, yeah, if you're outside in a Category Both. 5, it's probably... Something's going to hit you. It's going to hit you that hard. Something's going to hit you. Something's going to hit you. Okay. Uh, okay, so here are some parts of the hurricane. Of course, one of the most popular parts is the eye. The eye is the hole at the center of the storm. Winds are light in this area, and the sky is occasionally clear and perhaps even partially just a little overcast. It's so pretty. Um, the eye wall is the you know it's the ring of thunderstorms surrounding the eye. The, uh, those storms swirl around the eye. The wall is where the winds and the rains are the most intense. And it's so, so pretty. Mm. It is. <laughs> and rain bands far from the hurricane's eye wall, bands of clouds and rain can be seen. These bands are several miles long. They contain the thunderstorms and sometimes tornadoes. It's so cool. Um, yeah, Chris, does your, no, it's not. Does your weather have weather within the weather? Yes. I don't think so. You want to bet? Here are some fun facts about wow. hurricanes. A huge hurricane can release energy equivalent of 10 atomic bombs per second. What? Hey, you remember that time President Trump tried to nuke a hurricane? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's funny. Jesus. You know uh, where he got the idea for that? Sharknado. Oh my god. <gasps> Stop. Moving along. Hurricanes can produce <laughs> mild tornadoes, which can last up to a few minutes. Hurricanes in the Pacific Ocean are known as typhoons. In the Indian Ocean, they are typically known as tropical cyclones. Uh, and the year 1933 had the most named storms on record with 21. In 2005, that record was broken. 21. Can you do some for me? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, in 2005, that year, that record was broken with the National Hurricane Center identified 28 storms. Uh, so now 33 is the second, and 95 is the third with 19 tropical storms. And lastly, but not least, the names of the coastlines hurricane. Excuse me. The names of the costliest hurricanes include Katrina, Maria, Irma, Harvey, Sandy, and Andrew. Wow. I've been alive for all of those. Uh, uh, have wait. I been alive for all of those? When, when was Andrew? Yeah, when was Andrew? Isn't that the one that hit New York? I don't know. What? I didn't look up the history of it. Anyways, yeah. that's my stuff. Moving on. Crazy. Okay, so... I will now be talking about tornadoes, which we just briefly kind of mentioned. Um, I decided to choose tornadoes because I moved to an area which has tornadoes sometimes. The only <laughs> thing it's known for. <laughs> which I will explain later that is not, but we'll get into that in a second. Wait, 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 wait so, Harley, Harley, before we move on, because this is important to this question and also now to your current home state. Uh, Have you ever seen the movie Twister? No. Okay, I feel like I don't think you're qualified for this category. Whoa! I'll, I'll take over from here. So, in the movie Twister. Just because you've seen a movie doesn't Helen mean... Hunt. No. I am in a relationship with somebody who has seen a tornado right down the road from him. So, I live take through that. tornadoes. Shh. Let me have this, okay? All right. I'm sorry. Go you ahead. can have it. Okay, thank you. This is very not... A women's ally of y'all. Ooh, yeah, no, you're right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Tornadoes. <laughs> what they are. So basically, it's a violently rotating column of air in contact with the ground and usually attached to the base of a cumulonimbus cloud or essentially a thunderstorm. Um, tornadoes are considered one of nature's most violent storms. Um, spawned from powerful thunderstorms, tornadoes can cause fatalities and de devastate a neighborhood in seconds. Um, winds of a tornado may reach 300 miles per hour, 
Damaged paths can be in an excess of one mile wide and 50 miles long. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, hail is very commonly found very close to the tornadoes as the strongest thunderstorms that spawn tornadoes are formed under the atmospheric conditions that are also highly likely to make hail. And every state is at some risk of this hazard. Mm. Every single one of them. So some tornadoes are clearly visible. Um, obviously, if you see a tornado and it's not moving, that means it's probably coming at you. So get out of the way. Go. Um, it's yeah, straight go, for you. Move. Go horizontal. Um, Serpentine. While Serpentine. Rain, yeah. Um, while rain or nearby low-hanging clouds can obscure other tornadoes, um, tornadoes develop super rapidly, um, and they also may dissipate just as quickly. Like, they'll just be like, and gone. That's it. It can happen that fast. It happens to a lot um, of guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Um, most tornadoes are on the ground for less than 15 minutes. Oh. Um, yeah. So not very long, and they can do a whole bunch of damage. Um, so before a tornado hits, this is like the how you know you're probably about to like experience a tornado because it gets super quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they basically say the wind is probably going to die down and the air is going to become super still. Um, a cloud of debris can mark the location of a tornado, even if the funnel of it isn't visible. So you can see it probably like starting to like form ish. Yeah. Um, and it's also not uncommon to see clear sunlit skies behind a tornado. So like as a tornado is happening, you'll see like a pretty sky, like as Chris said earlier. Oh, so beautiful. Hmm. So pretty. It's really pretty. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then the enhanced, I don't know if it's pronounced. Fujita. I, Fujita scale or EF scale um, is a rating of how strong a tornado was. So past tense. Um, it's calculated by surveying the damage and comparing it with damage to similar objects. Well, similar objects at certain wind speeds. The EF scale is not meant to be used to measure how strong a tornado currently is on the ground. Mm. Is there so, a scale for that? I don't know. See, if you would have watched Twister, you wouldn't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. Wow. So rude to me. I know. I'm sorry. Impacts. Of tornadoes. Um, so extremely high winds can tear homes and businesses apart. Winds can also destroy bridges, flip trains, send cars and trucks flying, tear the bark off of trees, and suck all of the water from a riverbed, wow. which is insane. Yeah. So therefore, now you got a freaking whirlwind of water Cyclone. coming at you. Yeah, oh, a land hurricane. Um, high winds sometimes kill or injure people by rolling them along the ground or dropping them from dangerous heights, which is horrifying. It is. I mostly envision like a cow. Yeah. The the whole, uh, the whole, uh, um, wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) That was in twister. Uh, yeah. The cow swing, swinging around the tornado. That was from twister. I guess you're right. I thought it was also in Wizard of Oz. Could be both. It's Not a cow. Both of Kansas. Wait, is Twister in Kansas or is it Texas or Oklahoma? It's one of those states. Probably Oklahoma. Okay. History. The first possible tornado report in the United States occurred in July 1643 in Lynn Newberry and Hampton, Massachusetts, yeah. documented by David Ludlam. Uh, here's the question I want an answer to. 
because I don't know this. Do tornadoes happen in like Europe and stuff? I've never heard of that before. Like thinking about it now. I like did don't people know. Like did like Europeans come here and like what the f- is this? And just like, <laughs> like I'm gonna say yeah. This act of God. Because <laughs> I don't knock think... down our false idols and recognize. <laughs> I feel like the um the the what is it called the scape the landscape yeah yeah in Europe is not conditioned. I mean, it could be. I think right. it very well could be, but I don't know. I just know, I've never heard of a, a, a tornado in in Italy or something. So, I mean, I could be completely yeah. wrong. I just don't know. But yeah, anyway. I feel like it happened like in Germany or like Poland or something. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. It was just a random thought. Oklahoma, by the way, Twister was shot in Oklahoma. There you go. Uh, I was right, and I haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Anyways, um, from 1916 through 1998, about 45,000 tornadoes were documented in the United States. From 1916 to 1953, approximately 158 tornadoes were reported per year. After 1953, the beginning of the modern period of tornado documentation, the number of reports rose to more than 800 per year. Jesus. But climate change isn't real. (laughs) Right. So that concludes tornadoes. Very nice. Now I'm going to talk about what I find crazy and that we don't really experience here. Um, is tsunamis. Ooh, I like this one. Well, I mean, I don't Those like are crazy. the effects of it, but the, the science behind uh, it yeah. is cool. Um, so basically what they are is a tsunami is a series of waves in a, bo- in a water body caused by the displacement of a large volume of water, generally in an ocean or a large lake. Earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, and other underwater explosions above or below water all have the potential to generate a tsunami. Most tsunamis, about 80%, happen within the Pacific Ocean's ring of fire, a geologically active area where tectonic shifts make volcanoes and earthquakes common. The ring of fire. Ring of fire. There's a Johnny Cash song about that. Yes, there is. It's also a Finding Nemo quote about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Look at you pulling out Pixar on the pod. So smart. Um, tsunamis race across the sea at up to 500 miles an hour. That's crazy. About as fast as a jet airplane. At that pace, they can cross the entire expanse of the Pacific Ocean in less than a day. And their long wavelengths mean they lose very little energy along the way. Wow. So they're just super dangerous, just overall, and, like, ruthless. Is that just because of the nature of waves in general? Like, because of how they carry energy, it just keeps going? Yeah, and... You know, with the moon and all that, I assume once it gets a big wave going, mm. it's very hard to have it stop. Right. Um, impacts. Um, a tsunami can kill or injure people and damage or destroy buildings and infrastructure as waves come in and go out. Um, they cause flooding and disrupt transportation, power, communications, and the water supply. Um, and if you've, like, I'm sure everybody's seen at least one video of, like, a tsunami. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. The flooding and, like, the way things move on land is just horrifying to me right. for some reason. Um, historically, um, in Earth's ancient past, they were most often started by the impact of a large meteorite plunging into the ocean. So that's usually how a tsunami mm. occurred. Um, and then the oldest recorded tsunami occurred in 479 B.C. It destroyed a Persian army that was oh, yeah. attacking the town of, I believe it's pronounced, Potidea, Potidea. 
in Greece. Yeah, isn't it like the, isn't that was it before or after? But didn't Xerxes like try to stab the water because he was mad at Poseidon and like wasn't this the event? I don't know if that was the event, but that is a thing, right? Like somebody was trying to like beat up the ocean, like they were trying to. <laughs> How dare and you? And he said tsunami. <laughs> Kind of reminds yeah. me of the time Tim tried to fight a hurricane. So you guys know, uh, in case you didn't know this, uh, this is actually good public uh, public safety information here. Uh, if you're on the beach and you see water recede off the beach, like more than normal, and especially for yeah, a like long drastic. period of time, get out. Like, go. Like, that's that's a sign of a tsunami coming you, your you way. You need to get to higher yeah. ground. Yeah. Higher, like, much higher, stable. Elevation, yeah. Just get yeah. out. Just go. Go. Find something. Isn't it so crazy how there's, like, certain warning signs? Like, obviously, with, like, the tornado, it was, like, if it gets really quiet. Yeah. And then with tsunamis, it's, like, the, the water, water receding, like, drastically. And it, you're just like, oh. And isn't it interesting? I, I'm sure there's a science behind this. But, like, most of those signs are usually involving some kind of quiet moment. Like, hurricanes, you have, yeah. like, silent before seas. the storm. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the yeah. calm winds in a tornado, the receding of the waves with a tsunami. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Terrifying. Indeed, nature is out to get us. It's I'm always not used to, to the quiet. <laughs> One of my favorite things about uh, I'm on writers TikTok and they do writing prompts all the time that I really love. One of my favorite tropes is that humans don't understand how absolutely terrifying we are to aliens. Like our mm. planet is just oh. meant to kill us, and yet we thrive. Like, we breathe oxygen that slowly kills us, yet we thrive. Like, we live on coastal cities knowing that the ocean can kill us, and yet we thrive. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty cool. Interesting. The aliens are like, what the fuck is going on here? What do you mean your temperatures go from 140 to negative 60? Like, yeah. that that doesn't compute. Like, I just think it's really cool. Yeah. It's one, mm-hmm. of, one of my favorite tropes. Wow. All right. So, jumping into my weather... As they said, I picked the two coolest, in my opinion. And I see the two notes that you have on here. Hey. All right. <laughs> I'm going to start with lightning storms. <laughs> Get your bigger one out of the way. <laughs> no, I, I have more notes on on the other one. It's just sure, sure, sure. It's on my phone, not on the no thing. Um, so, anyways, lightning storms, also known as thunderstorms, um, can be electrical storms of lightning and or just thunder it's a storm categorized by the presence of lightning and its acoustic effect on the at earth's atmosphere relatively weak thunderstorms are sometimes called thunder showers so basically what happens is with or without rain my favorite is when there is no rain you can see lightning mm. and you can hear thunder yeah which obviously is hardly said if you can hear thunder you're close enough to be struck so you know you're be safe get uh, out of there i always i've always thought it was really beautiful to just like sit outside during a thunderstorm and just kind of watch the sky kind of see lightning you know yeah trailing across or just the big flashes those are like my favorites you kind of lived in a place to do this but i remember when i lived in like as a kid in buffalo it was basically ranch and we would have those kind of storms come by every yeah. once in a while where you can see it in the distance like these clouds just slowly going over but you'd hear the thunder it's the, my absolute favorite yeah. weather i love it um so As warm air rises, it cools and condenses, forming small droplets of water. If there is enough instability in the air, the updraft of warm air is rapid, and the water vapor will quickly form a cumulonimbus cloud, which, again, as Harley said, is the thunderstorm cloud. 
Uh, typically, mm-hmm. these cumulonimbus clouds can form in under an hour, which is really cool. Cause like sometimes you're just like chilling outside, you're working or you're doing whatever, and all of a sudden you can see like this this weather phenomena start happening where these clouds form and then lightning and thunder and it's just like a very sudden thing, especially here in Texas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In the early stages of development, air acts as an insulator between the positive and negative charges in the cloud and between the cloud and the ground. When the opposite charges build up enough, the insulating capacity of the air breaks down and there is a rapid discharge of electricity known as lightning. Uh, so that's always been a really big question for me is like what causes lightning and i've never really known what caused or not lightning uh, what causes thunder a lot of times people are like oh you know it's when the clouds smash into each other or it's <laughs> god playing bowling or something like that i, I don't know yeah. um but I, that's what i was told what it actually ha- what actually happens is that lightning because it happens first as you mentioned when you see lightning, you can count the different seconds until the thunder because it's the sound following the light. But thunder is what happens when the lightning supercharges the air and it contracts really quickly after it cools back down. Like a rubber band. Yeah. Ah. So if you've ever like stretched out a rubber band and just let it go and you hear that snap, that's thunder. Ah. But it's with air, not rubber bands. Oh, would you look at that? Yeah. Super cool, right? <laughs> cool. Um Looking at the impact of lightning storms, the best ones are just beautiful to watch. The worst ones can cause lots of damage, shutting down infrastructure, blowing up um, power plants, things like that. Uh, One of the worst lightning storms on record actually started the 1988 forest fires Mm. in uh, the Pacific West. Started in Oregon and California, all that stuff was caused by lightning. Wow. the oldest and worst lightning strikes ever recorded, though, happened in the town of Brescia, Italy. Help me out with that, Tim. Brescia. Brescia. You got to do the hand thing. <laughs> in 1769, a church was being used as a battery to store approximately 100 tons of gunpowder. The church took a direct <laughs> hit of lightning, and all of the gunpowder caught on fire and exploded. That is not what I was expecting out of this After story. all of the what? dust settled, nearly a sixth of the entire city was destroyed, and nearly 3,000 people were killed. Oh, God. Dude. This is what I'm talking about. Like, you have, like something was happening at that church that God was like, nah, not anymore. God. Like, this whole town needs to go. Wow. Jesus. How dare you store all of this deadly stuff? 3,000 people. Oops. Jesus. Y'all gonna learn today. <laughs> For real. Which, I mean, yeah, obviously it's really sad. 3,000 people died. But, like, how insane is that? Like, yeah. lightning just. Yeah. And somebody just was like, we're gonna put this gunpowder here. <laughs> and it's gonna nope. be a good idea. <laughs> well, and isn't, like, gunpowder, like, magnetic of some kind? Yeah, it's right? metallic. I don't know if it's magnetic, but it's definitely metallic. I'm sure that's probably obviously what drew the lightning to it and was mm. just like, whoops. Yeah. That and the church, in that time, churches are typically the biggest buildings in the town. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I wonder if it had a spike. Probably had a spike on it and got struck by lightning. Mm. Interesting. So, fun stuff. Boom. Like I said, though, the best ones are fun. just really pretty. You can watch them in the sky. Those are my favorites. Um, now, moving on to my second one which is probably the coolest weather out there. Which I think you cheated. I did not cheat. It's weather. <laughs> Look it up. 
Matter of fact, I'll include a link in the notes. Space Fake. weather. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> no. Space weather is probably the coolest weather that affects Earth. Conditions in the region of space close to Earth, especially the presence of electromagnetic radiation and charged particles emitted by the sun that can affect human activity and technology. That's what's known as space weather. Like I said, I have Can my, you give us some notes. descriptions? I can, because there are multiple types of space weather. Uh, so, space weather is an umbrella term used for the constantly changing conditions in space caused by our violently raging star. Star causes sun flares, coronal mass, ejections, geomagnetic storms, solar winds that affect Earth, all kinds of cool stuff. So, starting with solar winds, uh, the sun's magnetic field carries rain-like particles of solar plasma called solar wind, and it is the main part of solar weather. So solar wild. wind is controlled by the sun's sorry. Solar wind is controlled by the sun's plasma and is therefore very varying. Very varying, very varying. Wow. It yeah. varies a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, it causes the magnetic fields to get into magnetic knots, which cause huge amounts of energy to get pent up. And then when those knots break, the energy from the plasma is released into space and solar storms are formed. Solar storms, um, also known as solar flares, are a type of solar storm caused by tangling and crossing the magnetic field. So I'm sure you guys mm. have seen like the, like the archways of plasma on yeah. the sun when you're like looking through a telescope or something. Those mm. are solar flares. Um, this, there are multiple types of solar flares, one of which is known as a coronal mass ejection, CME, and here millions or billions of tons of plasma are ripped from the sun in a ball-like shape. They go up to 9 million kilometers per hour. When either of these solar storms hit Earth, nothing happens. <laughs> oh, okay, it, cool. It, like you would oh. expect, like they're, they're coming 9 million kilometers an hour. It's plasma coming straight at us, but no, no, and no, nothing really happens. Um, but that's only because Earth has its own magnetic field, which protects us, and it kind of serves as a shield against most solar weather. Mother Nature huh. giveth and Mother Nature taketh away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. It's like, hey. She says, I'll cause my own weather on here. I don't need I any more this. of it. I don't need your help, <laughs> Helios. <laughs> soul, whatever you want to call it. Um, so there are also other types that are a lot less dangerous sounding, like auroras. I'm sure you guys have seen the aurora mm -hmm. borealis. Oh, yeah. Auroras are glows in the atmosphere caused by coronal mass ejection deflected by Earth's magnetic field. So when Mother Nature protects us, she also gives us a pretty show to look at. Yeah. Uh, here the energy from the solar storm goes to the north and south poles because of the magnetic field. And this is why it's mainly visible in the north and in the south. Oh, well, so the know. further north you go, the more you can see. The further south you go, the more you can see. But like right on the equator, you got nothing. Mm. Huh, pretty cool. There are also geomagnetic storms. Some solar storms, though, are more like hurricanes, just in space. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, uh, they're that's more terrifying. like hurricanes. Yeah. These are what we call solar superstorms and geomagnetic storms. Geomagnetic. Geomagnetic storms <laughs> are quite rare and happen once or twice every century. Mm. They can be noticed before the actual storm. Again, the calm before the storm. Mm. Um, they can be noticed before the actual storm with strong solar flares a few days before the actual storm itself. The storm consists of a huge CME consisting of billions of tons of magnetic plasma reaching Earth in less than a day. So they're going pretty freaking fast. Yeah. 
Uh, the storm causes for a shock wave to hit Earth, which compress our magnetic field. So that is where it can affect us. It's not like a giant plasma ball hitting Earth, but it can affect our magnetic field. Uh, sun's corona has a temperature of 1 to 2 million degrees Kelvin, and this heat is what creates a plasma that the sun ca casts off. Sorry, I wrote these notes weird. Uh, plasma is controlled by the sun's magnetic field, but is also what creates a magnetic field of the sun itself and Earth. The electricity from the electrically, electrically charged protons and electrons from the magnetic field as they flow and then the magnetic field form, sorry, from the flow from the plasma. There we go. I, hey. I really need to rewrite my notes. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so this is a loop called a dynamo, and that's what keeps the sun's magnetic field alive. Oh. Solar weather we experience on Earth caused by our sun can impact us in weird ways. Mostly, space weather can affect different technologies on Earth due to strong X-rays that solar flares can produce. Yeah. Strong X-rays block or degrade high-frequency radio communications on high latitudes. So essentially, it messes with communications, with radio signals, um, with anything that's based on radios. If you have a microwave running and we get hit by a solar flare, it can affect your microwave, kind of either spike it or turn it off, yeah. weirdly enough. Uh, microwaves have exploded in the past due to things like that. Wow. Huh. So that's All how it affects right. us. Space weather. Also, um, space some, weather. some history of space weather I have here for you. <laughs> Sorry, I brought that Good up. Good little on. jingle. Oh. Chris, get on that. Space, space hurry. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Space weather. Uh, space weather. Space weather. It's the weather in space. Very good. That was right off the dome. <laughs> All right, so... 13.4 billion years ago, the universe formed with hydrogen and helium, the basic elements of our sun. 12.5 billion years ago, formation of the Milky Way galaxy. 4.54 billion years ago, Earth was formed. Uh, sun stabilizes as a star with only 70% current brightness 4.4 billion years ago. Fast forwarding a little bit. Two Chinese astrologers beheaded because they failed to predict a solar eclipse in 2134 B.C. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. You skipped some, skip some years I there. told you I was going, I was going <laughs> forward. Uh, 1375 forward B.C., first solar eclipse recorded in Babylon. Oh. 1111 B.C., first naked eye solar flares possibly sighted by the Chinese. 37 A.D., Julius Caesar sends troops to pursue an aurora seen in the north. Oh. They didn't know what it was, and he's like, "Go catch that," <laughs> which you gotta imagine is like hilarious. They're like, "Sir, we can't. It's like up there. <laughs> Our arrows can't reach it." Um, nine twenty-five A.D. Report of naked eye sunspots by the Chinese. Report of naked eye sunspots by Chinese again in eleven thirty-eight A.D. North England auroral sighting mentioned in Hollinshed's Chronicle in twelve thirty-five A.D. Fast forwarding a little bit, 1856, Edward Sabine discovers aurora connected to sunspot cycle. Mm -hmm. Elias Loomis maps out the aurora oval zone on Earth in 1860. Fast forwarding a little bit more because a lot of this stuff is not super interesting. Um, L. Bierman in 1951 discovers solar wind using comet tails. Mm. A mm. shortwave blackout over the North Atlantic on March 29th in 1959 1961 the fantastic four get their superpowers <laughs> so that was cool um, oh my god from, and, from solar 
Yeah, from from a solar storm. And November 11th, 2003, solar flare reproduced under laboratory conditions, meaning we can now do it on Earth, which is terrifying. Sounds like a bad idea, especially when it's considered solar. Oh, yeah, 100% it's a bad idea. but Not Earth. Science. Solar. Yeah. Is it really considered solar if we can do it on Earth now? Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Like, that makes no sense. Like, I know it's the same thing. Like, it's it's the plasma, it's the magnetism, it's all of that. But it's on Earth, so is it really solar anymore? It's no longer solar. It's Earth flare. Earth flare. Terra flare. Oh, nice. I like mm. that. Well, nice. cool. Man, I just found a new superpower name. <laughs> like, if I get got fire superpowers, I'd call myself Terra flare. Terra flare. I like it. I just name that your Dungeons and Dragons character. If we I would have to play Dungeons and Dragons first. That's good Which, point. I mean, I'm not super far from it. I tried once, didn't work out because of the people I was involved with. Like, that guy was no. really mean to me. It's <laughs> really nice to Janelle, really mean to me when I ask questions. Mm. But maybe I'll try it again in the future. Who knows? Cool. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, space weather. There you go. Very nice. Space weather, go space weather. It's a weather in space. All right, guys. Um, that concludes our main segment on weather. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> crazy, all kinds of different types of weather um, that were also somehow all correlated with one another. Yeah, I think if you... all weather, like, can tie to other weather. Like, you know, you, you have a giant earthquake; it causes a tsunami. It's like the butterfly yeah. effect. It can cause a hurricane, which can in turn cause a tornado, which can in turn cause lightning storms. It's all crazy stuff. It's all like yeah. somehow. And then somehow you get a solar flare thrown in there. Damn. And then all of our that's, that's microwaves are out. We're all connected. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, last but certainly not least, um, if you guys want to, we also have a link in our notes that talks about the nine rare, like most rare types of weather phenomenon, which mm. include like volcanic lightning and then white rainbows and crazy stuff like that so if you want to check that out feel free or you can just look it up on the interwebs cool. but that in that concludes our main segment we will now be moving into another break and going into fan questions Thank you all for listening to our podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at at alwaysmorepod. If you'd like to ask us a question for us to answer on the pod, you can email us at alwaysmorepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us on our Always More hotline and leave a voicemail question at 254-218-4042. You can also follow all of our social medias individually and as the Always More podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to it. Hello, hello. We are back from the break. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. being back um, from break. Me too. It's like it's my pretty favorite. Cool. It's it's my favorite thing to do after break is come back. Ah, <laughs> uh, mm, no. No. On the podcast, yes. I, but no, in like I real life, just mean on the podcast. In real life, I would much prefer the break continue forever. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather rip out each individual toenail than return back from a break. 
Wow. But anyways, that's just my personal health. <laughs> we are going to move into our fan questions. So this is the part where we answer. Did I interrupt you? I screwed that up. Can I do it again? I mean, sure. I don't think you messed up until you stopped. Really? Yeah, you're just going with it. It, it flows. Yeah, but I wanted to jam to the music. I forgot there was music. <laughs> okay. Yeah, go for it. Start over. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep Ready? the recording. Like, we're not, I'm not editing this out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well then, never mind. We're not going to do it again. No, do it again um, anyway. This, no. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> the hostility. We will be answering your questions. And in case you guys forgot, I swear we mention it every podcast, every I single know. one. No one wants to you guys us. don't get an option to forget. Um, <laughs> we have an always more hotline, like where you can like call. And like, leave a question or a statement or a complaint or a comment or whatever. As long as and it's nice. You know what? Screw it. You can even leave a mean one. Spice it up a little bit. Just know that Throw if you do, I'm probably going to cry. And we'll have that on video, and that'll be great. It'll be all on you. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, you can leave us a voicemail. Nobody will answer. Nope. It just goes straight to voicemail. At what is the number? Tim. Two five four. Two one eight four zero four two. Again, Chris. Two five four two one eight four zero four two. Simple enough. So ah, uh, I'm gonna start on, asking guys. my customers at work. <laughs> Here's the number you can call. <laughs> if you need a question, if you have any questions, please call. We're, we're gonna get some questions. Uh, yeah, how do I disarm my system if I forgot my pin number? <laughs> how do I add a camera? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Can we get that smart thermostat now, or is it too late? <laughs> <laughs> and here's how you do it. Okay, so our first question is by Benny Thomas Smith Jr. Kind of feel Benny. weird saying this man's whole name, but That's it is name. what it is. It's his Facebook um, name. Cool. He asked, what color is the sky when the sun goes down? Black. In, mm. in the process of going down or after it goes down? After it this goes down, if there is no sunlight whatsoever, sky's black. Because it's the absence of color, and there's no color in space. Okay, but I think he means, like, what is the process? Like, what is the color of the process of the sun going down? No, I, I think he means, like, once the sun is down, what color is the sky? Now, that being said, since our Earth is an electromagnetically locked planet, it has its own magnetic <laughs> field, light bends when it hits the Earth, so it's never truly not lit. It's, I would say the sky is more like violet, like the, the longest possible wavelength that we can see. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, black does violet. have a little bit of purple to it, like a violet yeah. hue. Yeah. Right. I think it, it's just like a really dark purple, almost like we wouldn't be able to see color if it goes any further. So wouldn't the proper answer to the question is, at least concerning how we perceive it, is there is no color? Theoretically, yes, but in practicality, it's, well, well, it's well, just bending the light even further. But actually, that's actually that, that's even true, even if we can or cannot see it, because color isn't just a reflection of like light reflecting off of objects. No, the, the wavelengths that are reflected off of uh, they or, don't they don't have to be reflected off of something. That's refraction. But hold on, I'm going to science this. You're going to science it? You mean Google it? Shut up. I'm just going to type it into Google. 
The property possessed by an object of producing different sensations on the eye is a result of the way the object reflects or emits light. Or emits. Or emits. Yeah. If it's reflecting, it's refraction. If it's emitting it. So if there's nothing to reflect off of. If you're, there is, you're getting the direct wavelength of that light. No, you're getting no wavelength. You're getting nothing. So therefore, it would be black, which is the absence of color. Well, no, not necessarily. Black is is black that. Hold on. Yeah. yeah, black is the absence. Black of color. is a shadow. White is all of the colors blended perfectly. Uh, when it comes to light, anyway. Mm, okay. All right. But then, okay, so this is saying the same thing. Then it's one and the same. Saying that it's black is saying that there is no color. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Black is what we understand. But since our Earth bends all the light that comes from the sun, and we are never not getting sunlight, like if the sun exploded and somehow we survived, it would be black. But But it would also be nothing. Since we're constantly getting light, it's just bending the light in different ways based on where we are in relation to the sun. So I think it's just dark purple. Hank Green, we need your help. How many times he are we will gonna, never how many times answer are we us. Ask him well, considering I don't think I've ever put it on TikTok, I need to put a yeah. cry out for help. We, we need a Rohan will will or Gondo will call for help, and hopefully Rohan will answer. And by Rohan, I mean Hank Green. <laughs> if he answers, I'm calling him Rohan for the rest of his life. <laughs> Rohan, I'm gonna forget that his okay. name is Hank Green. <laughs> so, are we concluding that it is deep purple, Benny? I'm saying deep purple. I'm saying nothing. I will also say deep purple. That was pretty good. Smoke okay. on the water, deep purple. Oh yeah, it's a band, Deep Purple. They did the song "Smoke on Smoke on the Water" and "Fire in the Sky." I definitely know that song. I know the song. I learned it. Like one of the first songs I learned on bass. But. Based on the bar you worked at, Harley, I would absolutely assume you know that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that concludes that. Thank you, Benny. You uh, are the best. Harley, on a scale of one to ten, how excited are you to uh, uh, to give out this next question? I uh, Zero. <laughs> I want to first and foremost apologize <laughs> for my friends. Um, Richard, you're you're a great guy. <laughs> Love you to death. <laughs> Hilarious. But I don't want to answer this question. Yeah. However, um, we did promise that on the Always More podcast, we would answer any questions. For deeper understanding. And I did I did wait a long time to get this one on the pod, so. Yeah. You got you to gotta tag him in this one so he knows that we're finally answering his question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The question is... Do you think sex dolls are sapient in the world of Toy Story? Why should that be the plot of Toy Story 5? My answer is, to that second question, is that it shouldn't. (laughs) My answer to the second question is that because a lot of nostalgia bait movies are growing with their audience. Oh, yeah. That's kind of where we're at now as a society. I'm surprised there isn't a book Mm. out. There's fan fiction, 100%. There's got to be, yeah. You, you have oh, to yeah. know there's fan fiction. But Ugh. I feel like, I mean, since that's where <laughs> we're at as a society, like, that's where the movie should go, I guess. I don't know. There's probably I think a, it's going to be rated R. Look, you know what? Uh, yeah. If you guys are 
internet people at all, you know Rule 34. Oh, yeah. If it exists, Ugh. there is porn of it. Yeah. So there's probably uh. a porn somewhere right. based on this as a thing. Now, that being said, I think sex dolls are sapient in the world of Toy Story if and only if you write your name on them. Yeah, I agree. Things that are not intended to be toys have to have your name written on them and played with as a toy, like Forky in Toy Story 4. Well, see, that was always my question when it came to Toy Story and the rules of the universe is does anything that has a name on it become that way? Because No, no. Because you have to have a name and be played with as a toy because her backpack had her name on it, and that was not a toy. True, but the Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 2 came to life even though he had not yet been played with. That's already established as a toy, though. Like if it's, but like Forky if it was built toy, to be a toy. Yeah, if it's a toy, then yes. If it's something that could be a toy, it has to have the name and be played with as a toy. Because Forky didn't come to life until Bonnie wrote her name on him, even though she'd been playing with him all day. Okay, well then here's my he other didn't have rebuttal to that. Until she wrote her name on him. What about things that are legitimately classified as sex toys? It's a toy. So yeah. that and that's where I I fall apart on my question and my <laughs> logic there. Like a vibrator, it is a sex toy. So mm-hmm. theoretically, yes, because it is canonically established as a toy. But it would have so to have it doesn't have to have the name to be sapient. To be, yeah, but. A blow-up doll is not technically a sex toy. What? It's not classified as a sex toy. It's a blow-up doll. I think you're getting just caught up in semantics here. I don't know. That It's weird. Like, you, you would think, yeah. But it's a doll. Yeah, it's a doll. It's a toy. So mm, then, yeah. it's a toy. Fair enough. Okay. Hmm. So then it would have to be sapient. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Sex dolls are sapient in the world of Toy Story. Yeah, Richard, I think I agree. And it's just a topic that they do not approach in the movie because those movies are for kids. Could you imagine, though, like what that story <laughs> plotline would be? You, you would, it would have to end in, in, in revolt. Would it? Revolt? With sex toys involved? Yes. I mean, especially sex toys involved, even Why? if it wasn't. Are you kidding me? What, what they have to go through? But maybe they enjoy it. That's it, what they're made for. I'm sure, I'm sure some do. That's what they're made for. But you're telling me... Maybe look, they're happy about it. Look, look they, they, all these, all the toys in Toy Story have different emotions and some like... Yeah, but they're, they just like getting played with. I guess you're well, good point. In whatever aspect Andy decides to use his toys, I'm sure Andy's mom, her toys appreciate being played with as well. <laughs> oh, sweet God. Righto. Well, I think that answers your question, so Richard. You go. I'm going to make sure I put a uh, not safe for <laughs> work. NSFW. Yeah. Stay on the Please notes. do. So thank you for that, Richard. Just the very end. Right. Just the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I still do not think there should be a plot for Toy Story 5 that no. pertains to this genre of toy. Oh, no. Absolutely not. But it absolutely is probably going to be in but there is, is a book. If there's not fiction. already yeah. porn of it, there will be soon. <laughs> yeah. And I'm almost certain there is. Cool. <laughs> hate that for us. <laughs> so. Oh, humanity. 
Oh, he has simply made a fool of us. We I, must revolt. I think that's enough on that one. Yeah, yeah we, I, we think, should, I think we, we should, should just end the show. <laughs> yeah, well, forever. We're gonna just go end ahead. the show forever. Uh, Not even come back for another episode. We're done after that. No, uh, we're done. <laughs> Shutting down. Um. So yeah, everyone, that concludes our fan questions. Um, if you have any more that maybe don't pertain, <laughs> or we, even if they you know. do, obviously we'll get to them eventually. <laughs> Well, and we'll evaluate it theoretically. You'll honestly answer the questions. <laughs> I just want to point out that although these are my friends, Tim's the one that picked the question. To be fair, I waited a long time to answer this question. <laughs> he asked this one a long time. Tim's, yeah. Tim's like doing copy and paste, and he's like, "It's time. It's enter. It is time." <laughs> oh man! Very good. Okay, friends. Um. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Yeah. Final uh, My final thought is that I'm a slut for weather. I love it. Uh, I love it. I love weather. I love weather. <laughs> I will say respect weather. Respect Mother Earth mm. and, and yeah. be aware yeah. of your surroundings, your environment, and climate change. Climate change, What guys, you're doing to weather. This stuff is real. Just pay attention to real scientists, and it's not hard to figure it out. My Facts, favorite is no when people are like, well, for every scientist out there that says it's a thing, there's a scientist out there. No, no there isn't. No, there isn't. No. no. <laughs> there's maybe like one in a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. 99% of scientists agree that climate change is a, a thing. And like it takes 10 seconds of looking at the history of stuff to understand that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, I learned something very interesting the other day, and this kind of furthers the point to show that science is not like this black and white um, thing. I learned the other day that our 24 hours in a day is not exact. Yeah, it's like 23.59 or something like that. Well, not only that, but it changes, and there's different ways that it can change. Like from day to day, it can change. It can change based on where we are at in the universe, depends on how close we are to the sun. But even more interestingly, it can change based on how much mass is towards the poles or not, because when there's more mass towards the poles, I think it spins faster, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so if icebergs start melting away, there's less mass at the poles, which can do something to the day. That can't Speeds really... up our day. Oh. Yeah, and so long story short, I say that to say that even things that we think are like this common sense, duh, 24 hours in a day or leap years or whatever. Like, no, there is scientific stuff to this, you know, to, to all this. And there's real people that have real jobs dedicated to knowing the very complex layers in all this. And so what you're saying is the people that tell us, you know, well, work hard. You've got the same 24 hours in a day as Elon Musk. They're literally taking away the 24 hours in a day that we have too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So mm. I, I say all that to say that there. Pay attention. This is important because uh, my kids, your kids, Harley. If you ever choose to have kids, uh, they will probably begin to suffer from our choices. Yep. Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. Yay! Hey, that right. ended on a dark note. Yeah, Harley. What, what are your <laughs> final yeah. thoughts? Please lift us up. Um, my final thought is that weather is really cool and really, 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 really scary, um, and that you should not be knowledgeable on what weather occurs in your area in which you live, and how to prepare for it, and how um, you can survive it, and what steps you need to take in the aftermath, and etc. Just so you're. Do you have a tornado aware. shelter there? 
Hmm? Do you have a tornado shelter there? Yes, but you can't take your pets to them, apparently. Do you have a basement? So that's no, no basement. Interesting. His parents have a basement, but um, not at where we currently live. So okay, gotcha. Stay safe. Yeah. Thanks. Um. Yeah, guys, we're gonna go ahead and close out. Um, don't forget to leave us a five star review. Yes. On all podcast listening platforms. Please, please. Give us a like on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, share with your friends, your family. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, all that cool stuff. We're everywhere. You cannot ignore us any longer. <laughs> uh, we're not everywhere. We don't have a, what, what's the conservative one? Telegraph? We don't have one of those. Oh, oh. Truth Social? Or Truth Social. Yeah, we, we don't do that. Oh, um, we're uh, in a lot of places. <laughs> <laughs> Not all places, but a lot of them. <laughs> the ones that matter. The ones that matter, yes. Um, and if you don't like our podcast, please uh, rethink that. <laughs> Try again, maybe a different episode. And then hate share it. If you still don't like us, hate share it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. And just give us all of your attention. There you go. Because that's what haters do. All okay um thank you all again for listening to our podcast um you can follow us on instagram tiktok and facebook at always more pod tim where can we find you yes you can find me on instagram and twitter and tiktok at, at timothy lichty that's l-i-e-c-h-t-y i am on instagram as captain underscore ct ford and tiktok as christopher.lionheart on instagram you can find me at w UT Harley, what Harley, and on the clock app at harleybean.co. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast and joining us today to be a part of the conversation. And remember, there is always more than this. Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to the Always More podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, share, like, and rate on whatever your platform of preference is. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at AlwaysMorePod. If you'd like to submit a question, you can ask us on any of our social media platforms, or you can leave us a voicemail at 254-218-4042. If you'd like to feed into our caffeine addiction as well as support the podcast financially, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AlwaysMorePod. For further information and to contact us, you can email us at alwaysmorepodcast at gmail.com.